Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode 13, 2007, part 2. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 13 of Spiritual Awakening, the second part of our deep dive into the year 2007. Before we get started, apologies for the worse than usual audio quality. We're recording over Zoom and it's really, really weird. Okay, turn your camera on so I can see your face. Otherwise, it's weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh let's get to the question of the week um and we're just gonna keep it really light here because again this are you taking notes yeah are you taking notes i am i'm taking notes <laughs> um no i was okay just, just to give you a, a visual like play-by-play corinna <laughs> is looking at me quite studiously and like simultaneously writing things down in a notebook with a pencil so I'm just going to pretend that like I'm a lecturer and she's taking notes because this is um very important class everybody listen this there's going to be a test on this. So you better pay attention. Um can you tell me what format the midterm will be? Mm, yeah, it's going to be all questions of the weeks and you're also going to have to rank every single Britney album how I would rank it because I don't really care about your opinion obviously like I'm the lecturer so right like any any yeah good of course <laughs> of course okay, okay so question you. of the week Olympics okay this is a weird question guys they're currently going on I'm really into not the Olympics um but figure skating I'm really into figure skating I feel like everybody likes figure skating it's fun it's pretty the costumes i feel like you're holding your breath because you don't want them to make a mistake but some people make it look so easy okay anyway what gold medal are you awarding to miss britney spears if you are a part of the uh olympic committee or the judge panel i don't know fucking whatever okay so I'm going with a gold medal for spinning. Number one in the world <laughs> for Queen of Spins. That is a great one. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely wins gold for that. Every time. Um, Reigning every champ. Time. She's such a good spinner. Um, I don't know. Gold medal. Hmm um oh i don't know she just has so many talents oh i know wait no um oh i know gold medal uh for lois rise pants wearing and without showing without butt crack. showing the ass crack gold medal gold medal does she tape her pants to her body does she we just want to know i mean i okay so we recently watched crossroads for the first time don't come at us for that okay but we acquired the dvd we watched it it was fantastic surprisingly dark and we were wondering how does she do it and i remembered this rumor about taylor swift that she like doesn't have a belly button i mean okay i know britney has an ass crack because like we've seen it since that sounds really creepy but uh she likes showing off her booty on insta so i mean come on but have you seen her ass crack have you seen that in jeans in jeans in jeans no okay. no. no i've never seen it so like taylor it swift it just doesn't exist Maybe it's not there. It's surgically removed. I don't know what, but like, <laughs> Britney it's just Spiracy. not there. I mean, come on. How? Even when she's bending over, when she she dances in low rise <laughs> jeans. Yeah, it's amazing. How did they it's not amazing. fall off? 
She must have like the perfect body proportions to hold them up. I don't know. Ask Crack Gate 2022. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the next. That's the next Britney mystery. Yeah, that's the next phase in the Britney journey. Anyway. I'm sorry if you don't enjoy the lighthearted bantering, but you know what? We got to get that in before we get to it because this shit is wild. Absolutely fucking wild. Grab a box of tissues. Stop scrolling on Instagram. Stop knitting. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, stop it. You have to focus, okay? So, as a reminder, last episode, we finished with Brittany checking into Promises, the rehab center. There was this whole fiasco of her actually checking in, including allegations that her mother, Lynn Spears, drugged her. Yeah, it's really confusing. I won't judge if you need to go and listen to part one again. Unfortunately, I can't say that it gets any less tangled. Like I said, you gotta focus. Regardless of how or why she checked in, she checked out a mere 24 hours later. So, according to People magazine, Brittany had left promises on the 21st of February 2007 because the paparazzi had turned it, quote, into a media circus over there. She is going crazy and they won't leave her alone, even in rehab. Just like a circus. However, that same day, Kevin and his lawyer, Mark Kaplan, requested an emergency family court hearing for the next day, while Brittany was supposed to be in rehab. OK Magazine wrote that Brittany had actually left not because of the media, but because she was worried that Kevin would move to obtain permanent custody while she was essentially locked away, none the wiser, in rehab. As the Associated Press reported, the then Superior Court spokesperson revealed that in regard to the hearing, quote, our best information is he will be there, she won't. What makes this even worse is that Lynn Spears was actually essentially conspiring with Kevin to make this happen. So the two basically teamed up and focused on getting Brittany into rehab so that Kevin could apply for full custody without Brittany getting in the way which is devious, like, what the fuck? Very evil. Very horrible evil. Yeah. I, so uh, so she, that's why she checked out of rehab yeah. so quick? Makes sense. I mean, somehow she got word of the plan, realized that she could lose her kids as she would not be there to advocate for herself, and was like, fuck this, I'm getting out. You can't just you know whisk me away and then do things like this behind my back right um again this is so reminiscent of the conservatorship because that is literally what they did to her right like they locked her up so that they could do stuff without her permission okay so i mean at this point at least she still had rights Here's what Lynn had to say of the situation. And of course, through the storm, quote, when Brittany was gone, I tried to help out with the boys as much as I could. As I stayed in LA for much of that month, I reminded them often that their mama loved them and would come back to them as soon as she was able. Kevin, meanwhile, was making all the right choices. He was a calm, caring daddy, firm with their behavior. Later, Brittany would lash out at me, accusing me of siding with Kevin and letting him have the boys while she was at Promises. But I didn't have nearly as much say as she must have thought I had. Kevin is their father, and he had every legal right to have them. There wasn't much I could do. If it had been up to me, I would have taken Preston and Jaden home with me to Louisiana. Whatever, Lynn. Fucking... Okay, right. Sure. I mean, she literally drugged Brittany to get her to this rehab center. Allegedly. So I, I don't really, allegedly, okay. I don't really trust her, her word. <laughs> Pardon me if I don't yeah. trust her word, okay. But whatever. 
especially considering the fact that this entire book is obviously like a giant PR campaign to, you know, write Lynn's image in the media. So, of course, no, it's not the truth. As we've been saying this whole time, uh, take it with a grain of salt. I just think that I like sharing Lynn's side because I think it shows who she is. Um, yeah, so, you know. A family friend also told people, quote, Brittany's family feels that Kevin has been a blessing and they are very impressed with Kevin taking so much responsibility. Brittany's family found out from the news this morning that Brittany had left the rehab. Brittany has not asked to see the kids because she knows she is not well and she does not want to scare Preston. She has no credit cards or cash. She is basically on the run at the moment. Everyone in the family is crying and beside themselves. To say that the family is devastated is beyond an understatement. Nobody knows what to do. She is truly one of the nicest girls I've ever met. She is really sweet and has a huge heart. We are at a loss. Um, okay, well, let me help you, you know, find the answers you're looking for. Uh, why don't you go and help her? Talk to her. Have a heart-to-heart -heart with her. If you can't do that, don't go running to the press and talking shit like this. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that is the... It's not the root of the issue, but it is a large, large part of the issue. So for this person to, you know, essentially be talking, well, they're, they're like revealing more about the situation to the public that the public doesn't need to know. This all should have been handled privately. And then turning around and saying, she's so nice, like, okay, then why are you doing this to her? Like, if you love her so much, why are you doing this to her? Why are you airing out her dirty laundry like this? I don't know. And it's weird. And then to say that how amazing Kevin is and stuff, that also feels like a betrayal because if this person is so close to the family, they should have known about Kevin and Lynn's little scheme. I don't know. It just makes me really angry because everybody is just constantly profiting off of her. Like, I bet you this person got paid for their comment to people. Yeah, they definitely did. Like, a lot of money. So, it's really sad to see, like, her, like, friends and family and family friends, like, all, like, betraying her pretty much and not helping her. Yeah, but they're I just mean, like, oh my god, I wish we could help her. Let me just tell the press all everything that's going on in her life right now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, even if they couldn't actually do anything to help, because you know what, this is a family friend. So even if they couldn't do, um, even if they couldn't reach out to her, even if they couldn't actually get to her, the ver at the very least, do not go to the press. At the very fucking least. Like, what? It's just... It's very odd. It's ironic because you'd think if you actually thought she was in trouble, that is the last thing you'd be doing, but whatever. Okay. So Kevin's friend also told people, quote, he is beyond sad. This is the worst week of his entire life. He doesn't even want to pick up the phone. Things are beyond not well with Brittany and he still loves her. I cannot help but read all of these comments sarcastically because... They just seem so disingenuous to me. Yeah, he's he's like, oh my god, like he still loves Brittany even like when she is having a rough time. Like, yeah, that's like the bare minimum. Like, why no, are you, totally. why is and everyone like showering Kevin in praise when he's I don't like know. doing I don't know the and... bare minimum. But um, this whole situation, like forcing her to go to rehab and then secretly seeking custody seems, you know. And then acting all, acting all surprised and upset at when she's like, lash, like when she's having a reaction after yeah. you did all that. Like, yeah. what did you think was going to happen? So in 2006, right after Brittany filed for divorce, Kevin wrote a note on the shower door of his dressing room at the House of Blues in Chicago. And I just have to warn you guys, this is, it's so sweet. Like, honestly, 
just reading it, it makes me want to cry tears of joy and happiness. Like, I wish my boyfriend would write something like this. Um, okay. Here it is. Quote, today I'm a free man. Ladies, look out. Fuck a wife. Give me my kids, bitch. So caring. So kind. Oh my god. He really loves her. Don't know why anyone would think otherwise. Okay, I am, like, just really feeling the sarcasm today but i don't even know like how else to react to this yeah that's just just shows what a great father mm. and husband he has been and and we was love at meat the time, pole for sure. meat pole that's his fucking name meat pole we love him yeah wait his... what meat pole yeah that's like his nickname or whatever ew what uh... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I know. Okay. So when Brittany checked out of Promises, she first went to the offices of attorneys Tarlow and Burke, a firm serving Los Angeles in criminal law. So a little bit strange. Not really sure what went on there. Could not find out what happened. But remember the name Blair Burke, who is... Uh, one of the partners. It pops up later on, um, on the wrong side of things, actually. Yeah, so definitely don't forget the name Blair Bark. Brittany then drove around in an effort to lose a paparazzi that were following her, and she finally ended up at Kevin's house, where, according to Steve Dennis, he threatened to, quote, apply for immediate court orders to grant him full custody because he had the welfare of his sons to consider. So, after failing to file the necessary papers by the provided deadline, the emergency court order was actually canceled. So, the hearing that he wanted to have um, to get full custody, that was canceled. Nothing came of it. Additionally, on top of this giant pile of bullshit, Dennis claims that Brittany had seen Jamie Spears after she had shaved her head and that he had made her feel threatened in regard to losing custody of her children. Like, that's the vibe I get from this whole little meetup that they had. Quote, she felt they were using the kids as leverage to get her into treatment. She went nuts because she wanted her kids more than anything and she no longer knew who to trust. That's what a... a apparently close friend told Dennis. So after being a largely absent, abusive, and alcohol-addicted father who primarily saw Brittany as a cash cow for most of her life, he returns to attempt to force Brittany back into rehab or risk losing her kids, whom we know are her world. He's like dangling them like a carrot on a stick, and he continues to do so for the next decade it's absolutely wild to me how this was ever seen as okay by anyone in her circle. I mean, is it illegal? No, it's not. But it's totally not okay in a moral sense. And how anybody could watch this happen and be like, yep, that's fine to do. Yeah, not to mention it's so unfair to the kids. Like exactly. Those poor kids, they're yep. just being used as like bait for their no, for sure. For Jamie to abuse, and you know, force Brittany yeah. to do things. I mean, it's not like she was abusing her kids in the way that uh, Jamie abused Brittany. You know what I mean? So, by yeah, all accounts, no. she was otherwise a great mother. I don't know why you would drag the kids into it like that. Of course, there was a risk of her losing custody, but at the same time, why do you need to highlight that in order to make her go to rehab? So if the head shaving hadn't done so already, what happened next probably cemented Britney's image in the media for not only 2007, but for the next decade and counting. So remember, she's in the car with Allie Sims, her... Uh, cousin and assistant and the paparazzi would not stop tailing her all of this stuff has happened to her right so like the head shaving the rehab um 
the custody, all that stuff has happened. And the paparazzi are still just, they will not leave her alone. One of them, David Ramos, Ramos, David Ramos, taunted Brittany by asking her, quote, are you doing okay? I'm concerned about you. Just like the family friend who gave the comment to people, you're not really concerned. You're not really concerned. Okay. Like, you vulturous leech. You are not concerned. Brittany didn't immediately respond, but later, outside of a Jiffy Lube, there's a video online. I'm, of course, not going to post it, but you can hear Allie yelling at the paparazzi, please, guys, don't do this. Brittany then gets out of the car with a green umbrella, yells, fuck you, hits Ramos's car with the umbrella, drops it on the ground, gets back in the car, and they drive away. Ramos said of the incident, quote, we didn't know something was wrong. We're just going on a daily basis until we figure out what was happening at the time was not good. It was a bad moment in her life. Unfortunately, it was captured. (sighs) What the fuck? (laughs) How can they say they didn't know something was wrong? Even if nothing was wrong. Exactly. Just yeah, the it's fact a moot that point. You're stalking her is enough to make for years for someone years. wanna yeah wanna hit your car with an umbrella. Like she could have done way worse than that. All she like that that's not even bad. Oh absolutely. He totally deserved it. Okay. Absolutely. As Mitchell Sunderland of Vice News writes, quote, she was literally striking back at the media after years of often sexist public scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Ramos declared that, quote, they thought I was just out to make money at the time. It was just a moment I captured. All right, well, in 2007, the company he worked for made $3 million off of Britney's pictures, which accounted for approximately 25% of their total income. In 2017, Ramos auctioned off the umbrella on eBay. He told TMZ that he hoped to get $50,000 for the umbrella and offered uh, very nicely to donate 50% of the profit to a charity of Britney's choice. Yeah, it's totally not for money, though. Like, none of this has, it doesn't have to do with money. It's just like, I'm an artist. I'm capturing the moment. He's a documentarian of 2007. Definitely not an artist. Not not <laughs> even close. Literally a stalker. Professional stalker. Yep. That's so creepy. Yep. So, the next day, Brittany agreed to go back to rehab, February 22nd. Quote, sources tell TMZ, I know, I know, TMZ, I, I'm sorry. Federline is concerned for Spears' welfare and wants her to get the help she is now seeking. We're also told this will be, this will be Spears' last chance. If she leaves rehab before getting full treatment, Federline will immediately go to court seeking orders, allowing him unquestioned full custody of the children. Now, I could not find the original article that uh, the following quote is from, but Jamie Spears actually spoke to the media, which is very rare, regarding the situation after Brittany checked back into promises. Quote, Jamie Spears told Fox News that the troubled singer is a sick little girl. We're just trying to take care of her. And other than that, I have no comment. Speaking Thursday from his Louisiana home, Spears said his daughter's issues are not what not about what other people think, adding that he and his ex-wife Lynn are concerned about our daughter. So there's a lot to unpack in this tiny comment. I mean, the way he infantilizes her, she is not a little girl. Why are you calling her a sick little girl? So fucking creepy. She's a grown woman. Uh, Also, where were you when she actually was a girl? Why swoop in now? Why not put an end to this when she was being overworked and taken advantage of at the age of 16? Where were you? Oh, that's right. You were profiting off of her. And now that the gravy train is coming to a stop, you got to come back in and make sure it gets back on track so that you can keep buying your boats and your grills. Roast him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Kevin and the kids visited Brittany in rehab and people reported that, quote, Brittany scared everyone pretty bad. Kevin is worried, that's for sure. A source close to Federline tells people, Kevin just wants her to be okay. He loves her, so however she can get better is just what we'll have to accept. They will make it work with the kids. It's all still for them. Very nice, very sweet, family man. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> so moving on to the next month, March 2007. Near the end of the month, Brittany completed her program at Promises after the minimum stay of 30 days, even though apparently uh, people usually stay for an average of 45 days. So she was literally like, I'm fucking out of here as soon as she could. Dennis writes that, quote, when she first saw her kids, she ran to them and scooped them up into her arms, showering them with kisses and hugs. Very sweet. She's a great mom, according to, again, literally every single source ever. Not that we know her ever will, but that's just the vibes that we get. <laughs> so nine days later, around five months after Brittany filed for divorce, can you believe all this shit has gone down in five months? No, that's crazy. It's so condensed all in this one year well it was like a pressure cooker situation you know what i mean yeah it's it was all piling up right yeah so around five months after britney filed for divorce uh they reached a settlement that stipulated 50 50 custody so seems pretty fair to me i mean you know a lot of parents have 50 50 custody i feel like if you have two good parents, and I will say in all fairness to Kevin, other than how he has treated his children's mother, if we're just focusing on the treatment of his children as though it like exists in a vacuum, which it doesn't, but you know, he has been reported to be a fantastic dad. His kids seem to really love him um, based on the comments that they've made on social media. And you know, 50-50, two great parents, they're both living in the same city, seems, I mean, it seems fair, and maybe the best situation for the kids. In April of 2007, Brittany fired Larry Rudolph on April 16th. On April 18th, X-17, uh, the same company of the paparazzi that Brittany hit with the umbrella, releases a video of Brittany addressing her recent issues in a very sarcastic tone. So, you know, I'm just embodying that tone today. <laughs> Quote, I'm really, really shocked by how nice our world is. It's just so nice. Like, oh my God, always believe everything you read. Like the other day I was sitting there and I saw these magazines and they said I was pregnant and like, it's so true. America, believe everything you read because like you're smart and I'm stupid. Like it said that I was drinking all the time and they were so right. It was so true. And like my management totally knew what they were doing when they sent me to rehab. Some lady told me, Brittany, go to the light and see Jesus. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to do it. So that's my impression of the infamous, absolutely iconic video of Brittany, go to the light and see Jesus moment. I fucking love that video. Um, I'm not going to be posting any footage from 2007 because she said she doesn't want it shared. But if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely go and watch it because, I mean, please. I could never even do it justice. I tried my hardest, though. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. You haven't seen Britney go to the light and see Jesus? <laughs> no. Wait, you have. Okay. Pause. Look at you it have right to now? go watch it right now. <laughs> okay. So, Corinne is just watching the video for the first time. I got to capture this reaction. So, on the USA Today. Oh my god. I'm just gonna cry right now. Oh my god, I'm gonna do it. I don't think the dude interviewing her understood the sarcasm. He's like, You're always so nice, Brittany. Thank you. <laughs> After that whole spiel. 
Oh. She was totally, totally over it. And you know what? I understand why. I mean, come on, people. But (laughs) people think, again, I keep saying this every episode, but people think that Britney being sarcastic is a new thing. It's not a new thing. She's been doing this for a while, even before 2007, okay? She's a little sassy. So fans in the Free Britney movement have actually speculated that this lady, like some lady told me, Britney, go go to light and see Jesus. Some people have speculated that it was Lou Taylor who said that to Britney. Okay, Corinna's got this look on her face like, (laughs) what the fuck? Oh, no, no, not Lou Taylor. Yep. So Lou Taylor does not pop up in our episode again because that is a whole can of worms that, no, I, I got to do it next episode. So, <laughs> but just keep this incident in mind. So after Brittany's comments about Larry and her management, Jamie released the following statement. Quote, when Larry Rudolph talked Brittany into going into rehab, he was doing what her mother father and team of professionals with over 100 years of experience <laughs> he should have said <laughs> with over I'm sorry what <laughs> they have over 100 years of experience he should have said like collectively <laughs> over 100 years of experience yeah, that, because the way that, that he worded it, it is so amateurish okay whatever yeah <laughs> she was out of control larry was the one chosen by the team to roll up his sleeves and deliver the message to help save her life The Spears family would like to publicly apologize to Larry for our daughter's statements about him over the past few weeks. Unfortunately, she blames him and her family for where she is at today with her kids and career. Larry has always been there for Brittany. For this, we will forever be grateful to him. What a fucking asshole. I hate him. Why would you publicly betray your daughter like this? Why? What the fuck is wrong with you? I I can't. Okay, so... Brittany replied via her rep, stating that, quote, I am praying for my father. We have never had a good relationship. It's sad that all the men that have been in my life do not know how to accept a real woman's love. I'm concentrating on my work and my life right now. Yes. Yep, that's right. So a month later in May, Brittany fires her bodyguard, Tony Barreto, who pops up again in a few months. I keep saying that, pops up again, pops up again. Yeah, people often like to come back around and like I said, profit, profit, profit. So on the 28th, she posts a now infamous letter of truth on her website. Quote, Dear fans, I just wanted to reach out to all of you and explain some of the things I've been faced with recently. It's so funny how many stories are put out there about people. It's like, we all want our side of the story out there, but at the end of the day, only a few people care to hear what is really going on, since the bad is always so much more interesting than the truth. I don't know why, but this is so weird to me. I used to be angry at the tabloids for printing horrible things about me, but now I try to just be numb to what I see. I saw Tyra Banks once get really upset and cry on her show because they made her look fat. We all want a certain image of ourselves out there. And at some point, we all do really care what other people think or we wouldn't be here. Recently, I was sent to a very humbling place called rehab. I truly hit rock bottom. Till this day, I don't think it was alcohol or depression. I was like a bad kid running around with ADD. I had a manager from a long time ago come in and try to direct me and my life after I got my divorce. I was so overwhelmed. I think that I was in a little shock too. I didn't know who to go to. I realized how much energy and love I had put into my past relationship when it was gone because I genuinely did not know what to do with myself and it made me so sad. I confess I was so lost. This letter is to not place blame on anyone, although I do see the world with a completely different set of eyes now. Being in that vulnerable state and taking to dinners and parties with friends and finding out later you paid for everything was a huge learning lesson for me. I think the whole problem was letting too many people into my life. You never know another person's intentions or what another person wants. I feel I was too open and looking for answers when I had it all to begin with. I have had to cut so many people out of my life. It is sad because if anyone is a family person, it is me. When I was little, I remember every night watching movie, movies with my family and feeling so at peace. Dancing and singing all the time, just like a little girl should. Now, recently, I find with my children that I want them to have that feeling all the time. 
and I'm having to face a lot of things right now since I have children of my own. A lot of insecurities from when I was little are coming up again. It is like we are never good enough. I know everyone thinks that I am playing the victim, but I am not, and I hate what is going on right now so much. Maybe this is the reason for this letter, to maybe allow people to look at me differently. It is like when you are a real woman and say what you feel and how you think things are supposed to be, that people just say you are a bitch. Feminist icon. I feel like some of the people in my life made more of some issues than was necessary. I also feel like they knew I was beginning to use my brain for a change and cut some ties, so they wanted to be in more control of my life than me. I think it is actually normal for a young girl to go out after a huge divorce. I think it was a bigger issue because I had not gone out in such a long time. I'm 25 and I do still have a lot to learn and I'm going to make mistakes every day and I'm sure every mistake I make will probably be on CNN or Good Morning America. I'm only human people and I love you for still loving me. I'm sitting here at home and it is 625 and both my sons are asleep. I'm truly blessed to have them in my life. Every day is so surreal. Life in general is so surreal and crazy. I just hope this letter made some of you think a little bit more of me and where I am coming from. I just want the same things in my life that you want, and that is to be happy. It is just so weird because everyone has their own perception of me and how they think I really am. It is so weird how stories are told. There is your side, my side, and the truth. Somebody has to figure it out. I guess we will never really understand or figure out life completely. That's God's job. I can't wait to meet him or her. Love, Brittany. Quote of the month. It is okay to disagree with people regarding certain issues. You're not being true to yourself if you succumb to others' opinions because you feel guilty. Whew. Okay, the end. So she does say that she doesn't think it was depression or um, alcohol that got her into rehab. And she says that she was like a kid running around with ADD. Uh, as I said, she has talked more openly about being depressed since. So it's definitely possible that she has uh changed her mind in that regard um of course like i said i don't know whatever it was that put her in rehab um you know she didn't did go of her own volition so does it even matter right so why why do people not like do people not like that letter because of the god thing or why is it infamous just because everything she did was infamous at the time right so then that's true <laughs> the fact that she like fully acknowledged everything that was happening people don't like that for some reason i guess it was just i don't know i mean Can't, yeah people basically demonized her for everything that she did yeah. So also in April, Britney secretly began rehearsing at the House of Blues in San Diego in preparation for a show, which was later revealed as the M&M's tour. The tour sold out super quickly and began May 1st. Although tickets were initially sold for $35, scalpers sold them for $200 to $500 right outside the venue. Fans speculate that the double M's were meant to stand for mother and miss. So mother after having two children and miss after being divorced. This was the first time Britney had performed live since the Onyx Hotel tour. There were six shows in total and they were super short, lasting only 12 to 16 minutes in length. Britney and four female backup dancers performed choreography to her songs like Baby One More Time, Toxic, Slave For You, Do Something. There is very little footage from the show. But from the videos we do have, it's absolutely something I would have loved to attend. It's for sure a super niche part of Britney lore, but she's dancing really well. It's obvious she hasn't lost her stage presence. There's like a spark in that Britney attitude that we all love. MTV reviewed the mini concert, writing that, quote, her body newly toned and her smile beaming, she looked every bit like a woman who had emerged from her quarter-life crisis stronger than yesterday. Another reporter wrote, quote, it was not the kind of show that says she's back. She's going to come out with the biggest album of her career. Nor did it say that she's lost forever and will never see the old Britney back again. These are all really tiny baby steps. Funny, because she did come out with her magnum opus after this. So, you know, she was, it wasn't necessarily her biggest album, but considered by many to be her absolute best. 
Vice, on the other hand, wrote that Britney had become punk, which I find really interesting, which I find really intriguing because this sentiment has been popping up more and more. Maybe I missed it uh, because I was, you know, pretty young back in the day. I wasn't reading gossip magazines and stuff because I was only seven, but, you know, it is, it's a, it's a cool way of describing her, and I think it's pretty apt. Although this didn't salvage her career, according to Vice, she was bringing something interesting into pop. So she was making, making pop cool again. So, moving on to June 2007, there are tons of leaked emails from the summer of 2007, and there was a huge fiasco surrounding the authenticity of these emails and whether it was actually Brittany who wrote them or Sam Lutfi. Now, we'll discuss these allegations against Sam in a later episode, but I still want to read the emails in order to provide the full picture of the potential going-ons during this time. This one is dated June 2007, sorry, June 19th, and it's to her dad. The subject is forward, forward, Jamie's wedding weekend. Father, I just received your letter. You talked a lot about love. I've had plenty of thoughts about everything in life lately, love included. I'm very angry, and I probably got a little carried away telling you to go fuck a duck, but I do hate what has happened to me. I know you're my family and have every right to be concerned by my actions, but I still to this day feel like you guys went overboard by sending me away on a 16-hour flight that neither you or mama really looked into. See, after my divorce, the biggest mistake I made was letting Larry walk into my hotel room. I worked with him for four years of my life, but things are different now. I don't want to ever go back to that time because I'm not that person anymore. I do feel he influenced me in some of my behavior patterns, and it's really strange to have a manager send you to rehab who's the main one giving you drinks. He also knew I was getting rid of him the day before you guys have a plot to send me away. Kevin, one minute says he has nothing to do with sending me there. Then the next minute he says, I'm sorry. I didn't do it to hurt you. It's like everyone is full of shit. When you give me your whole speech about all these people I should be calling and one lady getting a tattoo, all these things you people think will help. The worst part is Kevin giving the authority to come to my fucking house with his mom, who he planted weed with as a child. They bring their hippie ass selves into my motherfucking home. I spent two years in building for his sorry ass, and he takes my eight-month-year-old and my one-year-old. Fuck that, and fuck you too. Yes, I have an anger problem, but it feels as though it's the only thing I can really own at this point and my car. I'm sorry you feel I'm a joke and I'm a bad mother. Maybe one day I might just be good enough for you, but until then, keep sending me speeches about love. Yeah, so she also, in this email, like she totally, of course, obviously has a bad relationship with her dad. And that is the main thing that I want to come across in this, is that Brittany never wanted her dad to be in control of her life. And it's pretty fucking clear based on everything she said, including in this email. Also, remember the reports that Brittany had collapsed New Year's Eve 2007 that we talked about last episode? I believe that she's referring to that incident in particular um, and accusing Larry of getting her super wasted when he's the one who's supposedly tasked with keeping her out of trouble and got her into rehab and everything, right? Around a week later, Brittany took a little trip down to the set of Zoe 101. Now, before we talk about what exactly transpired, let's do a little bit of a rewind. Zoe 101 had started filming in September of 2004 and premiered in 2005. This is also the time when Lou Taylor popped up in Jamie Lynn's life, but we will talk about that later. The show was really well-received, and the theme song was co-written by Britney herself. Jamie Lynn, Britney's little sister, who was around 16 in 2007, starred in the series as Zoe. Another actress on the series, Alexa Nicholas, actually accused Jamie Lynn in, 2000, in 2019 of severely bullying her on set to the point where she actually quit. I won't really get into this whole mess. Uh, of course, you can look into it on your own time. I just want to start to describe the type of person Jamie Lynn is becoming. It's definitely possible to grow 
as a person despite being a teen bully don't get me wrong like people can be bullies and then grow into awesome adults but i think that in this case jamie lynn's behavior is very indicative of her personality and who she is today in 2005 britney had actually went to the set of zoe 101 quote Britney Spears stormed the set of little sister Jamie Lynn Spears' Nickelodeon show, Zoe 101, last week and screamed at a 13-year-old co-star who had been feuding with Jamie Lynn, leaving the traumatized tweenster in tears. According to our on-set snitch, Britney had the talent coordinator bring co-star Alexa Nicholas over to Jamie Lynn's trailer, where she proceeded to scream that Alexa was an evil little girl and that she had better watch herself or she will never work in this town again. The source adds, Alexa was in tears. She was sobbing and totally upset. I mean, she has been buying Britney CDs since she was six, and then Britney tears her to pieces. It was totally uncalled for. While Jamie Lynn's the star, Alexa still works there and is technically her set. And the fight was a petty 13-year-old thing between Alexa and Jamie Lynn, who is becoming a real pest. Britney should have stayed out of it. Another source says Jamie Lynn is a real diva and is even worse now because she is in the midst of contract negotiations and asking for a lot of money. A spokeswoman for both Spears sisters says Jamie Lynn and another girl on set were having problems, as 13-year-olds do. Brittany did have words with the girl, but felt she was sticking up for her sister. She did not yell by any means. She just gave the girl sisterly talking to and wondered why they couldn't all get along. So that is a story from 2005. Alexa recently confirmed that Brittany has since apologized for this incident. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that confirms the uh, first part of, or the first side of the story um, that Brittany screamed at her. And she also said that she fully stands with Brittany. I think that this shows how truly manipulative Jamie Lynn is. In her memoir, she writes that Alexa was the one to bully her right? Yeah, what a fucking liar. And I bet you that is exactly what she told Brittany and why Brittany went off on Alexa, which of course is totally wrong and uncalled for. But, you know, her little sister was coming up to her and saying, I'm getting really severely bullied by this girl who she was actually bullying to get her sister, Alexa's, you know, idol and someone that she had been listening to since she was six to go and yell at her. Yeah, that's really horrible <laughs> for that that girl. But yeah, yeah, it I can totally see how it would be Jamie Lynn kind of manipulating the whole situation. Yeah, I mean, Brittany never should have gotten involved, obviously, but I'm really happy she apologized and that they're all good now. So back to June of 2007, Brittany is on set of Zoe 101 yet again. But this time, it's to see her mother, Lynn Spears, encouraging the paparazzi to follow her and acquire footage of what she is about to do. Brittany pulls up to her sister's trailer, gets out in her flip-flops, marches over, knocks on the door, hands Lynn a set of papers, and walks away. Lynn says something to Brittany, who then turns around. Lynn sits down to read the paper. She's looking very distraught. There's video of this. The media speculated at the time that Brittany had actually served Lynn with a restraining order, blocking Lynn from seeing her grandchildren. To me, that does not make any sense at all. Like, why would a judge grant a restraining order? Like, yeah, Lynn is a horrible mother, but was there any proof of her abusing her grandchildren? It is really hard to get a restraining order. So, I don't know. Rather, it was a letter that essentially told Lynn to fuck off. Like, a long-ass letter being like, I don't want you in my life. Fuck off. According to a People article, quote, Britney Spears' mother is brokenhearted over recent difficulties in her relationship with her famous daughter, a friend of the family tells People. Lynn Spears has cried her heart out over the trouble between her and Brittany. She is brokenhearted. She wants her baby to be okay and to bring her grandkids home to Kentwood and raise them in a normal environment. When paparazzi asked Brittany what she thought of her mom's concerns for her, she replied, quote, I'm praying for her right now and I hope she gets all the help she needs. Remember Brittany's Aunt Shonda? Not Sandra, but the aunt who had divorced Brittany's uncle. Like, she's not blood-related to her. She came up in the first couple episodes. 
She told Dennis, quote, this was when Brittany turned into a whirlwind, a disaster. It was as if she'd gone so far away from the person she was. She couldn't find her way back, so she lashed out at the person closest to her. Deep down, we all knew how much that one decision would tear her up inside, and that became apparent later. Now, I think that's super ironic, because was Lynn really the person closest to Brittany? Was she? I mean, of course she's her mom, and she's definitely more supportive and present than Jamie ever was. However, she seems to have not been there for Brittany when Brittany needed her most, and not to mention, of course, the most recent betrayal involving Kevin in the custody battle. Uh, Lynn should be the one who, you know, is tearing up inside, not Brittany, about cutting off her mom. Okay, so let's finish this with a little discussion about our uh, favorite character in the Britney saga, Sam Lutfi. So remember how last episode we discussed Sam and how he had called Lynn right before Britney had checked into promises alleging that drugs had been planting and planted in her house? Well, according to Lynn, a few months after that, which would have been around summer of 2007, he called her back. Okay, this one's a long one. So get ready because it's really fucking weird. And if you have any reactions, unmute yourself because this story is really fucking weird. Okay. Quote, I didn't hear from this mysterious person again until months later. Right away, I recognized his voice. Are you the same guy who called me with a conspiracy theory about drugs being planted in Brittany's house? I asked him. Yeah, he said, it's me. When I told him his theory had proved wrong, he protested there were drugs. You just didn't find them, he said earnestly. I should have hung up the phone right then and there. I didn't, and the man plunged into a proposal he had for me to be the spokesperson for a jewelry company he represented that wanted to sell high-quality cubic zirconia jewelry on a home shopping network. What? Again, it's... <laughs> what is going on? Girl, I don't fucking know. Again, it sounded dubious at best, but the call had come during a time when I've been thinking and praying for a job, my own thing, where I could go to work every day and regain some of that structure I lost when I gave up teaching. Talking about jewelry on TV? That sounded like fun. I actually have- Girl, that is a scam! With this crazy maniac? Oh my god. Dude, what the fuck? I actually have quite a zest for cheap jewelry. Or I should say beautiful jewelry that looks as if it cost a mint, but it's really affordable. Have you ever looked at a photo of me and think I am dripping in diamonds? Don't be deceived. It's really a mixture of the real stuff and $3 of conium dioxide bought from a Los Angeles street vendor. So I think two things are going on here. I think one, she wants us to, you know, be like, oh, this is a very normal, hardworking classic southern woman and two she wants us to then go of course she's not mooching off her daughter yeah i am so confused <laughs> are she and she wants us to think it's like normal for her to be considering this man's proposal who is like obviously like this man who told like randomly called her telling her there were drugs in her daughter's yep. apartment like what no it's not normal lynn what are you doing i don't know i was intrigued and i figured i had nothing to lose but a few hours if i did meet with this guy i said i would meet with him but only with an attorney present i called him my friend jackie and we decided to check it out together and no and so we met the anonymous caller a swarthy man in his late 20s or early 30s who appeared to be of Middle Eastern heritage. That's the first time I laid eyes on Sam Lutfi. He had two attorneys with him, but I could tell instantly that this was not a legitimate meeting. The man wearing a ratty baseball hat, t-shirt, and jeans was sweating profusely and looked extremely nervous. It was the strangest meeting I've ever had. No one seemed to have any pitch whatsoever including the caller Sam, who hemmed and hawed and talked in circles, at one point pulling out crummy-looking boxes with so-so costume jewelry inside. Finally, we just left. 
Um, okay. Literally. Why would you even go in the first place? You could tell this woman gullibles written on the ceiling and she'd look up. Seriously. And you could be outside. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I guess uh, flattery will get you everywhere with, with Lynn Spears. Yep. Like, oh my god, you know what? You look like you would be so good to wear jewelry on TV. Yeah. Just meet with me. Meet with me. This random man, strange man who just called you. Like, Yeah. I know. It's super what was, weird. What is even the point of that? Like, what was Sam Lutfi trying to do? Well, okay. Let's see. So... <laughs> During the meeting, Sam wanted to have his picture taken with me, which struck me as strange at the time, and I can't remember if I consented to it. Now I know what he was up to, all right. A while later, Sam called and invited Jamie Lynn, Jackie, and me to a taping of the finale of Dancing with the Stars with our old friend Joey Fatone, whom we knew from the days of Justin and InSync. He said he told me he had an endorsement deal cooking with a company, possibly for Jamie Lynn and Jackie's son, who also starred on Zoe 101. What about the jewelry deal? I asked suspiciously. Oh, well, Brittany put out a negative thing about you and her relationship with you online. It kind of blew the jewelry deal out of the water. My suspicions didn't totally subside, but he made it all sound somehow credible and reasonable, even when the shoe deal fell through and we were this close to pulling the plug on this guy. Shoes. Shoe deal? How many it's, deals I, does he yeah, have? Yeah, so there's like a shoe. <laughs> and why does she keep How many deals? I letting him do it? Oh my god. Why does she keep falling for it? I don't know. So then he, like, invites her uh, to a meeting with one of the head of the top talent agencies in Hollywood. Jackie and I thought this agent would be an excellent contact for her son, Paul, a budding musician. Jackie and I had our doubts all right, but Sam had one more chance. And this agency executive indeed showed that it meant Sam was legitimate. If this, again, fell through, we would wash our hands of him. The day of the meeting arrived, and lo and behold, we got a phone call from Sam half an hour before we were set to meet. I have a broken tooth, he explained. Jackie was dubious and firm. Listen, buddy, you better just take some pain pills and come anyway, she said. Oh my gosh. He bought it and we stopped answering his text, hoping this will be the end of our association with this shifty man. Oh my God. Okay, sorry. I did like a speech to text and it did not translate well. Okay, but we didn't know that Sam had also met Brittany's assistant, Allie, at a club and she in turn introduced him to Brittany. The two of them headed off with Sam, and they all began to hang out together. So this was really just the beginning. He was looking for a back door, and it appeared he found one. This is a really strange incident. I don't fucking know. Like, like you said, this man had so many random deals. And then eventually, like, he found another inn to get to Brittany. Like, this whole time, he was obviously just trying to get to Brittany. Remember? Remember with, uh, like, her other assistant, and she also met him? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And she was like, he looked really sketchy. So I just got up and like, Booker, why the fuck did you even right. go to a Starbucks? Like, it just doesn't make any I sense. I know. To me. Why are they going to meet him? I don't know. I... So, we'll be talking about Brittany and Sam's relationship more next episode. Um, the filming of Dancing with the Stars, which Lynn talks about in that little story happened in november of 2007 and according to lynn in court documents from 2008 sam had actually met Brittany around october of 2007 so this is like a little jump in the timeline uh from this episode but i again just wanted to like just like give a full picture just how sam lutfi got into Brittany's inner circle super fucking creepy what a creep I, I still don't understand how so Lynn creepy. fell for that. Like, why did you continue? If the, What? So fucking odd. Does she want... I feel like she wants us to think that she's stupid and that she couldn't have been the one who put Brittany into conservatorship. You know what I mean? Like, she's not a schemer. She's not a planner. She doesn't do any of that shit. She's too stupid for that. She falls for some guy telling her that she can sell jewelry on a TV show. Like, was that the purpose of this? Is she playing 4D chess? Or, like, am I overthinking it? I don't know. I mean, 
It could be a little bit yeah, of both. Yeah, <laughs> I think that might be the best, our best bet. It's both. She's kind of dumb, but she's also, you know, scheming. She's definitely had schemes against Brittany. So. She, well, yeah, no, you're right. She has had schemes with uh, Kevin. Yeah. So why not have, she why wants, wouldn't she have She wants more to scheme. With the, this yeah. man is like, let me scheme with you. This random man. She's like, yeah, like, let's do it. He, he, he. Yeah, I don't get it. And the stuff with Sam goes absolutely nuts oh later God, on. I mean, I'm I, scared. <laughs> I just I don't know. know. I just but, know he's bad news. I just know. No, he is Horrible. total bad news. Um, so we're now at the end of June 2007 when it comes to Brittany's timeline. If there's anything I missed, I will definitely do something about it next episode. Anyway, um... We hope that you enjoyed this part two. You probably didn't. You're probably, I don't know, crying, screaming, throwing up, vomiting, because so am I. I know I am, for sure. And we're so sorry to do this to you, but it's important if you want to be a Britney scholar and graduate from the School of Britney. Okay, spreading the word of Godney as always. (laughs) you know how it is okay i'm gonna go listen to blackout okay because why the fuck not that's just like my daily routine yeah it's 4 30 oh it's time for blackout (laughs) okay okay bye everyone thank you so much for listening please follow us on instagram at spiritual awakening that's s-p-e-a-r-i-t-u-a-l and check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast for all of our sources, Brittany updates, and more. See you next time, and may the Holy Spirit guide you.